Now, after a three and nine season, there's a lot that needs to go into a successful off season for us, for a program. And on today's show, I'm going to look at three things we took away from BC's off season, some of the lessons that we learned and, and some of the things that we can take away from all the moves and, and uh, things that happen. We'll get into all of that in today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, again, we on yesterday's show, if you're not listening, we got into uh, the new potential offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, actually. Offensive coordinator, plural, that Boston College reportedly had, um, is in the process of hiring. And that is Rob Chizinski. Uh, who is a um, former Miami Hurricane offensive coordinator, longtime NFL coach, uh, who has been a, a um, assistant to Jeff Halfley off the field, and Steve Shimko, and then Matt Applebaum returning. Now today, if that's the case, if that happens, we have not had confirmation that it has happened yet. So we, you know, I know football scoop the ones who originally reported this are are usually right. So I'm going to take their word for it, but. If that's the case, if we know who the co-offensive coordinators are going to be and the offensive line coach, what's what's that should wrap up basically most of what's happened in this offseason. You know, uh, spring practice is a couple weeks away. It starts on March 3rd. But what have we learned so far before we even hit the spring practice session? The first thing is Jeff Halfley had to change his viewpoint on the transfer portal. Now, if you remember what Halfley has said over and over and over, I mean, I've sat through so many press conferences about him talking about the transfer portal. He has said, I can't live in the transfer portal. That's not how we're building this roster. Uh, I want, you know, there's all these freshman kids out there that I want to recruit that have um, no other offers that could come to BC and be stars, blah, 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 blah. We've heard that all through 2020, 21 and 22 until the end of the season when Halfley goes out there after a bad year, when his, his feet are held to the fire and he goes out there and he lands eight transfers and he lands eight, but he was going for even more. Remember by Sean Tutin, the running back from Virginia tech. There was Michael Wright, the quarterback from Vanderbilt. There were a lot of guys that they had, uh, reached out to. And to me, this shows that Halfley, I mean, at least he changed his mind. I mean, we've had a head coach here before, Steve Adazio, that when he made up his mind on something, he didn't adjust at all. So Halfley, Halfley must have seen a little bit more of the errors, the error of his ways in terms of addressing the transfer portal because it, every other school's doing it, unless you're Clemson. And Clemson's bringing in blue chip recruits all up and down that roster. Every other program, you name them, 
they have landed big time transfers that have been vital to the success of their program. I mean, you look at what BC brought in last offseason. Dino Tomlin was good. I liked I liked the addition of him. George Takis was okay. Regan Terry never played a I don't think he's played at all. And unless I'm missing someone, that is it. Three players. One of them was just a role player. BC brought in eight. And I'm telling you, folks, the eight that they brought in, every single one of them is going to crack the two deep. Most of them are going to be starters. And if you didn't think BC had the talent to compete in the ACC last year, they made sure that they went out there and addressed that and brought in big talent. I have up on the screen right now, if you're watching us on YouTube, Ryan O'Keefe. This is a kid who had 150 catches in two seasons in UCF. He has good speed, good hands. I mean, if you're looking for a, a replacement for Zay, you got one right there. You have running back depth. You've got offensive line depth, bringing in two starters from eight, from, from uh, power, not power five, from um, F, FBS programs. You brought in all FCS team members like Alex Washington. You, I mean, and, and, um, and Victor Nelson. Sorry. Couldn't think of his name for a second. You've done what you needed to do. And that is, that was a shift in the in the mind frame of Halfley. I mean, credit to Halfley. He wanted to try to do it the the old-fashioned way. And you can think, you know, there's a there's a rationale behind that that would make sense, right? You can go in and th- say, you know, I'm going to recruit and some of these kids are not getting recruited at all. I'm going to find some diamonds in the roughs and do what we do well at BC, but he hasn't been able to do that yet. So he went and adjusted it. And I think I think that's a credit to him. I think that's a positive move. Is it a little too late? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I think it's still the move that needed to be ha- needed to happen. Right? When you're three and nine, you need to you need to infuse your roster. You can't wait for true freshmen to develop because your coaching staff will be gone if you're waiting two or three more years of this. I'm telling you right now. So to me, I think this was one of the major uh, talking points of this first half. And secondly, you know, I think, I think another um, lesson that we took away in terms of the transfer portal, and this is the, the flip end of it is I think everyone after a three and nine season was just expecting a mass exodus from Boston college of all these players that were leaving all these players that wanted to go away. And who left? You lost Jason Matry and Josh DeBerry. That was it. CJ Burton was fine, but I don't think of that as a huge loss. I mean, he was a, he hadn't done much of anything in two years. But you really, Josh DeBerry right now is probably the biggest loss that you have. And Matry was a, a bit of a loss too. That's it. It wasn't like you had, you know, Joseph Griffin enter the transfer portal, Alex Broom, all these other players, and Donovan Azaraku. And Jeff Halfley has said it, and I believe him from things I've heard that are not Jeff Halfley. Programs were trying to target BC to get players to get them in the transfer portal, just like they did with Zay Flowers, and they didn't do it. So that is the other lesson, is that there was no max, mass exodus. exodus. BC fin- is finishing eighth in the country in returning production. 
as I said before, I believe that they're going to be able to fix some of the issues that they had last year. And maybe a little bit of my naivete, but if that's the case, you know, bringing back established players is much better for a program than just hauling off new freshmen to try to fill in spots. Yeah. The coaching staff say that over and over again. Right. So that's my second lesson. Now in my final discussion, we'll talk about the coaching staff and maybe a lesson that we can take away from that. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, I want to tell you about my friends Oak Bar. Looking, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've just got the thing for you. You gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually ser- actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you, but they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. I love Built Bars. They're like my go-to snack when I really need a um, a, a a bit of a boost between like lunch or dinner from having a later dinner. Built Bars just does it. What makes Built so good? Well, they're stars. They're hundred percent covered in real chocolate. Yes, I'm telling you, real chocolate. They got great flavors like the churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you can find Bilt on Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15. Or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box for yourself. So head on over to those stores or the website and check out Bilt.com. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black, and we're talking about some of the lessons learned from this offseason. It's been a busy offseason, I think. Um, But one of the things that popped up that didn't change as much as some people thought was the coaching staff. Now, we talked at length about this. But what we learned is, again, when the fire, you know, when, when the tires hit the road, BC has to make moves. Halfley has done it again. Like he's, he's has changed staff, whether you agree with who he hires or not, it's a whole other story. And I get it if you don't, but the offense stunk. The offensive line was atrocious last year. Right. We all, we all saw the, 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 um, dozens and dozens of sacks, the the league's worst rushing attack. If you haven't read Mitch's discussion on the rushing attack, go to to Eagle Insider, check out his work there. It's going to blow your mind. I mean, it's so bad how bad they were. But after a season like that, you can't just go into 2023 and try to continue with what you have. So what does Hathley do? He he fires John McNulty. Um, I said all along, I wasn't sure if I thought that was the move they had to make, but they, they, they did what they had to do. They had to do there. Then Halfley releases Dave DeGuglielmo. Now that was the big one. I think everyone saw the writing on the wall for Googs. Now it was crazy. And I will never get a straight answer why it took them into the middle of January to fire both of those guys, but they did. I mean, timing is whatever. Dave DeGuglielmo was out on the recruiting trail up until last week, right before he got hot fired. I mean, there was pictures of him like two days before he got fired out at a recruit's house. So they they waited. And I'll never we'll never know why that happened. 
but halfway he made his move. He had to. And it's the offensive side of the ball. BC has now cycled through um, almost. An, they've other than Steve Shimko, they've cycled through the entire offensive staff since 2020 and have replaced the offensive line coach three times in two years. And it looks like it'll be Matt Applebaum again, but I'm telling you, like he's making these moves over and over again. We're going to have to wait and see part of this coaching discussion goes back to the lessons that I think we're just continuing to reinforce, which is Halfley just continues to go with guys. He knows whether you like it or hate it. He continues just to hire guys. He knows. So we waited. I mean, McNulty got fired in mid-January, and it just was going on forever. So you just assumed Halfley was either going for an NFL guy, maybe it was a guy still in the playoffs, that, you know, there was, you know, they were interviewing, something like that. But according to the report we got from Football Scoop, it's two guys that are on the staff, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm going to say that right now. Like if, if you, if you're going to hire from within, why does it take you four weeks to do that? Like you just, you probably know why, why is that the case? And I, I'm not the one to believe that a whole, as I said on yesterday's show, I don't believe that a whole bunch of guys shot him down. I don't think, I don't believe Chud and Shimko were like option four and five. I, I really do believe there may have been one or got one guy that maybe shot him down that there was there like a number one. But I'm telling you, I would imagine that he had guys he knows. Again, that's what he looks for near the top of his list. He's not going to just go out there and reach it and try to get like a, you know, Josh Gaddis. I know he was the name folks were hoping. He, he was he was never coming to BC. I mean, me, I'll, I'll, I would be stunned if that was going to be the case. Um, but Halfley has his guys. They're the guys that he's loyal to. And I'm, as I said on yesterday's show, the word I, I continue to use for this is underwhelmed because I was hoping that he'd bring in somebody that could get a fresh set of eyes on this offense and they didn't. So Halfley did make his, his coaching move. And those are the three big ones. You know, there's other things as well that you can look at in terms of like takeaways from this, this, um, this off season in terms of the coaching staff. I know some folks are not happy about the defensive coaching and I don't have any issue with any of them, but you know, they're obviously staying in place. Tim Lokobu is going to still continue being the defensive coordinator as I was going to do the um, cornerbacks and, and coach Vince on the defensive line and Sean Duggan on the linebackers. It, they've had consistency there. That's not a bad thing. Right. Um, and it looks like the other last lesson is that, at least in my mind, Halfley doesn't blame the co- the strength staff for all those injuries last year. I was wondering, I don't know the details of like, you know, if, if they did more lifting here, would this have prevented the, this type of injury? But with the amount of injuries, especially on that offensive line, I had wondered if he was going to move on from um, Matus, Phil Matus, their strength and conditioning coach. But they didn't. They kept him on. Um, he's out there. I mean, you could see if you go to B- VC's football's um, – Twitter page, you can find him working out. They're all looking like they're doing like, you know, the rope drills and tug of wars and stuff like that. They're they're getting themselves ready for for uh, spring football. So I think that was kind of the last takeaway. But otherwise, it's been a you know, there's recruiting. You know, we have younger. We're going to have an infusion of talent coming in. Uh, 
14 players. We said this last week, eight transfers and six true freshmen uh, who are early enrollees. Jacoby Robinson, the, the freshman quarterback, is going to be coming in early. So uh, check out all those names on Eagle Insider. Now, in our final segment, we're going to go off football for a little bit. Talk about basketball. BC is going to take on Pitt to, on Tuesday. And then we will talk a little bit about the bean pot and anything else sports related with BC. We'll, we'll jump in and, and get into that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our good old friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official new partner, betting partner of the Locked On Network. And the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, the number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strained. So, I mean, they've got some really cool, like, side bets that you can do. Like, you can do the two and three. Will there be two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes? They got money lines, spreads. You name it, they have it. FanDuel's got everything. And it's so easy to find these. It's not like it's hidden. You're going to get it right away. So, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. Got a favor to ask you. Done so already. Go to YouTube. Find Locked On Boston College and hit that subscribe button and find this video and hit like on it. It pushes us up the algorithm, those crazy computer algorithms. Um, it would really help us. And it doesn't cost you anything. Just hit hit like. We're getting closer and closer to 750. I'd love to get to that number. We're, uh, I think, the second highest BC YouTube page minus the athletics department. And I would love to continue to, to push up and get um, us up there because it would be really fun to have my video right next to like Jeff Halfley's press conference. I get more – honestly, folks, I get more views than Halfley's press conference and definitely way more than Earl Grant's. Um, but that's all because of you guys. You guys are great. You, you're a great audience, and I appreciate every one of you. Now, on Tuesday, BC's got a tough opponent. Pitt, who just like NC State, has turned their, their – uh, program around in one year. Uh, they are really good. They're at 58. I believe they're in the 58th um, on Ken Palm. They are um, projected. They're an 87% projection to win this. Uh, they're a tough team. I mean, if you look at the wins that they've had, they have beaten Wake Forest twice. Uh, sorry, they beat Wake Forest. They beat NUN twice. They beat Syracuse. They beat Virginia. They beat. Uh, Miami. So they, they've won some really um, tough games. I mean, teams that blew out BC, they've really, um, they've done a number on them. So, you know, nice job by this program to turn it around because Pitt, remember we were heading into that ACC tournament last year and BC drew Pitt and you're like, Oh, this is going to be an easy win. They are, they're good. And they have, you know, they have the skill set uh, that has been challenging for BC, which is an up-tempo, a high scoring team. They are a good shooting team. Um, you know, they're 45th in efficiency and offense and 
80th in defense. So they're well, they're a well-rounded team um, and they score points. You know, they've got some guys on that roster that can really shoot. So this is going to be a tough one for BC. It's on the road in at the Oakland zoo. And I, you know, Pitt is got they're chomping at the bit right now to get into the NCAA tournament. I mean, like think of what, how, how that program has turned things around so quickly and they're doing it without their best player from last year. Who's who's walked away. Um, they, they are projected on Ken Palm to go 22 and nine. Now they have a couple wins in the ACC tournament. They're a, they're a tournament team in one year from worst to NCAA tournament. I mean, there's a lot of BC fans out there that would kill to be where Pitt is right now. So that that's going to be a tough one. And I, if I was predicting right now, I'm going with, I'm going to go with Pitt. It just does not seem to me like BC is um, matches up well with this team. Uh, they, I mean, they scored 91 points, 83 points, 71 points, 81 points. They're a high scoring team. And those are the teams that BC just gets that struggles with. They're, they're, they're the teams that usually BC can't hold on to. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with Pitt in this game. Okay. And then uh, in, in terms of hockey, I don't talk hockey a lot. You know, I, as I've said on this podcast, someone asked me why I hate hockey. I love hockey. I just don't have the time to watch hockey. I mean, I'm a one guy. I am a one guy running an entire website with my buddy Mitch, who writes a couple posts a week, but it's mostly me. I have to pick and choose what I do, and I don't have time to watch hockey, um, which kills me because I do. I did. I was. I used to have season tickets to to men's hockey, and um, 2012, I was watching every game, but. They won. They beat BU. Finally, got a big win in the um, the Bean Pot to, to avoid the fourth place, uh, last place uh, um, ranking in that tournament. So that that that's a big win. And you know, I think what Greg Brown has going with BC is they're they're not there yet. They're not going to be a tournament team. They probably won't do much in the uh, Hockey East tournament, but from what I've read and I, I'm not a guy that knows the X's and O's and recruiting sounds like they've got some big time names coming in recruiting. Like they're Jer- Jerry York slash Greg Brown have, have put together some killer uh, recruiting classes coming up. Uh, so they may just be ready to take the turn next year, uh, which is, which is encouraging, right? Uh, because you want to see the, I mean, BC, BC hockey, when they're playing well, is a fun thing on campus. It's a fun thing for fans to do. Um, and it's got such a tradition. So um, hopefully that'll happen, but a win is a win and you beat BU. So uh, anytime you can win the battle of Comav, even if it's in the bean pot consolation game, that's a win right there. Right folks. Well, I'm going to head out. I'm going to be back tomorrow. I will be on late because I will go live after the pit game. Um, hopefully it won't be like, I- I'll tell you this. If, if BC's losing, like they were to NC state, I'm going to be going, I'll be going live in the middle of the game because I'm not going to sit there and listen to watch, sit there and analyze BC getting pummeled. But if they're in it, we'll go after the game. We'll talk about it, but anything new, I mean, we're still waiting for that offensive line coach and offensive coordinator up. 
Uh, we have our names, but we're not 100% sure there. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC um, and hit me up on e- Eagle Insider. We have a great message board there. If you like co- co- uh, conversing with other BC fans, I see a lot of folks here. Marty Party, you should definitely get onto Eagle Insider. It's free. The message board is great, um, and they're fans just like you guys. So head on over. We'll be there. Uh, And we'll be back again tomorrow. So thank you all so much. Uh, You guys are amazing. I love my audience so much. Um, You guys um, make the, make me do work hard to do what I do. Well, thank you all. We'll see you again soon.